0: you're about to listen to season three episode 10 of the let's shag podcast where i interview belinda love she is a love coach with over 10 years experience and this is our part two so if you missed part one go back to season three episode nine make sure you listen to that get yourself caught up we have a lot of good stuff for you this week as far as we go into more detail on these on these 100 accuracy blowjob tips from belinda And then we also talk about some sex edition and body positivity and stuff like that. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Now let's get to it. Hello and welcome to season three, episode 10 of the Let's Shag podcast. My name is Nathan Spencer, a.k.a. Daddy Fucking Nate, a.k.a. Dr. Shag, a.k.a. your degenerate daddy. And here at Let's Shag, we talk about all things sex, relationships, taboos, toys, kinks, bodies, and consent. Life is short, sometimes too short, and you owe it to yourself to be having good sex. And we here at Let's Shag are here to help. Degenerate Nation, what the fuck is up? We are back for part two with love coach Belinda. Love Belinda. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being on last episode. How the hell are you?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm doing really good. So let's pick up right where we left off um and let's talk about this 100 percent blowjob level that you're at right now i really wanted to tear into this last week but i kind of wanted more to just tease the audience because that is something i've never heard in my life i've never heard a hundred percent from anyone so what what tips tricks and things of this nature could you give to my audience i know one thing you said last time um was just the connection is a really big part and i think people People forget that that's that's a factor of physical intimacy. Sometimes they're like, you know, they want to focus too much on the technique um, and stuff like that. And I think a big a big motive for what we were talking about last week is you know staying present for the pleasure, but more or less cultivating this environment of connection. And how how do you cultivate that environment when giving a blowjob? And you hate a blow? What well, we call it a blow party because it's not a, a job. Blow right? party. Yeah,
1: a blow party. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, If we're focusing on the outcome and going, I have to make him come, I have to, you know, I I have to pleasure him, Mm. you can then get yourself into a state of anxiety or, or frustration or worry, which then if he's an energetic sexual type. Um, archetype he will then sense that i mean you sense it anyway even if you're not a sensual um, or energetic archetype and then he will then not feel like it's enjoyable and then he will sense that energy and then um then it becomes the focus and then especially when you're a sensual and you know, you, 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 know, you have one little thought in your head and then all of a sudden you're out of the mood and, or you hear something or for me, I'm, I'm a sensual energetic. And when I hear something like if the TV's on, and then something happens on the TV, it like brings me straight out. Yeah, of the no, moment. I've had that.
0: So animals are terrible for that. Um, if you, if anyone has any pets or anything like that, like cats jumping on the bed or a dog jumping up on the bed, I'm like, what in the fuck? Are you doing like i can't it just bugs the shit out of me
1: are you sensual?
0: what categories are we talking here
1: so sensual
0: uh-huh.
1: energetic
0: mm.
1: kinky um, um we're talking
0: about like the sex love and goop categories right yes
1: yes yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah.
0: no so i am what's i'm considered a kink archetype actually
1: yeah i thought but mental
0: that. mental but, kink not the not the physical kink
1: but are you potentially a shape shifter
0: um so i took the i took the first quit like the the very short quiz the free one that the sex love and goop website gives you and yeah. my first results were a shapeshifter um yeah. and then when i took i bought the in-depth quiz and you know it was like 12 bucks or whatever and took the uh the more in-depth one and that one came back that i am a kink with shapeshifter and um what's the other one sensual tendencies
1: sensual. yeah 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 That's what I, that's what I picked for you. So, but going back to your question, I think, you know, not making it a job and actually enjoying it yourself because I know that, uh, and I'm about to reveal some more of of me, but you know, if you are moaning and, and also enjoying the pleasure that you're giving, Mm. then I find that he also, and I don't mean intentionally moaning, like I, I do it because I'm actually enjoying it. Um, he will then pick up on that and right. not, yeah, not feel pressure. You're not
0: forcing it. You're just enjoying, you're enjoying what you're doing. I think some of the best blow jobs I've ever received as a man have that characteristic behind it. Right. It's like, she is really enjoying sucking my dick. Not just I am enjoying getting my dick sucked. But, um, being enthusiastic. Sorry. Uh, that enthusiasm. I think that that's, that's kind of what I'm saying when I say be enthusiastic is just like, make sure you're enjoying it right and so if you're not going to enjoy it i would i would argue to say don't even do it
1: you can utilize it for foreplay as well you don't always have Mm -hmm. to make him come every time you go down right you You can enjoy it for a
0: shorter period of time and not like make it you know not make it the point of the entire experience so that you're both getting things out of it but for the what you know however time long you're down there three five ten you know champion status 15 20 minutes over here however long you're down there just make sure that you're you are enjoying right giving the pleasure and i think that's the most important part
1: and it's also okay to ask what they like yeah and 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 say is this are you enjoying this you know sometimes i I even say show me what you like and i will you know and and then i will i will copy (laughs) give me you know I think that's great. I think
0: the that's so in the air of having it before play, I think that's the perfect time to have these little flirty discussions, because when you're asking, it's not just like you're like, okay, what do you like? Right. You're not just like plainly doing that. You're like, oh, show me what you like. And it's like it's like this playful, flirty kind of thing. And if you have some sort of uh, preset dialog, whether it's, you know, um, words that you use that you call each other or things like that, you can make it, you know, kind of fit any niche. Um, but that sexy flirty mentality that this allows you to have is kind of just like, I think it's perfect. And I I love using that when I'm eating pussy and I'll just be like, Oh, do you like that? Like little, little words. It doesn't have to be long phrases. Like, is my technique in this motion direct? Like, no, we're not, we're not, we're not literally asking for like granular detail. You can get that afterwards. Um, but you can use little, little verbal cues and hints and things like that to kind of lead you in the right direction. I think that's what uh, we're trying to say here
1: yeah and even give them options so they're not having to think too much so would you like me to go faster or slower would um, you like me to go harder or softer and
0: yeah. then
1: they have they can or, or is this you know then they go oh harder because then they and then it's more you know specific to to giving them or helping them give you oh, an answer. Really good.
0: okay so I've done this before and part of my um last dynamic which was like a DDLG so uh, daddy Dom little girl dynamic right And I would do this thing and I'm basically imagine you're like at the eye doctor, right? And the doctor's like one or two, right? And so I would literally go down on my partner and I'd be down there for a minute, but then eventually I would be like, okay, baby girl, I want you to tell me if you like one. And then I would do one, whether it was like a circular motion with my tongue around her clit or something like that. And then I would do two and I'd do something different. So whether it was an up and down motion or whether I was like licking a different area, not direct clit, Um, contact, you know, like I give her the options like, which one do you like? Do you like one or do you like two? And then based on her responses, I start to tailor and narrow down. Right. And so I'm using the ones and twos to try and get to something that she enjoys as far as a rhythm, as far as emotion, as far as what areas she wants stimulated for how long. And so I think that's a really good technique. And that's something that I've never, like, I've never talked about that on here before, but if you're, if you're going to be flirty with it, if you want to be, you know, trying new things. You can always do it like that. That's a super easy way to do it. And I mean, I'm trying to think from the perspective of sucking a dick, right? Like you could do different things with your tongue on the bottom of it. You could do, you know, different kinds of sucking motions, different stroking motions with your hands, like one and two, one when and two. If like, go- a girl ever looked at me and said, what do you like better? One, and then did some crazy shit. And then was like, or two, I'd be like, oh my God, when do I get married?
1: And I think also when you go, when you <laughs> go all the way down and you are you've consumed the whole shaft, I find moaning also is so they feel it in the back (laughs) of you you look surprised no
0: you're correct um and for some people it's just like a low humming um i've had girls do that where it's just kind of like a uh, it's the vibration of your vocal cords is what it actually is um, mm-hmm. So if you can, as you said, consume the entire shaft with your throat, which is awesome if you can. And if you can't, there's practice and techniques. But yeah, so, no. So that's this uh, throat
1: sprays actually for that. That, that there and, are yeah. and gels that numb it. Mm-hmm. For even. people with
0: more sensitive gag reflexes or just more sensitive throat muscles in general, I know um, for some people, even though they can uh, consume the entire shaft, I'm going to continue to call it that instead of deep throating. I think it just sounds much classier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for people who can consume the entire shaft with their throat, it doesn't always mean that it's an enjoyable kind of feeling, right? And so I know that's also a factor. It's it's not necessarily just a gag reflex, which I think is the most common, and people just think that like, oh, if you can't deep throat because you have a gag reflex, and that's not true. Um, it could be, and and there are some instances where a penis is literally too large for a throat, but there's some other instances where it just doesn't feel good or it's more painful because it is stretching your throat muscles which is i mean yeah. that's that's nothing to bat an eye at so but yeah i, I love know. that you said that the humming or the the gurgling or like the the different kind of things that you can do uh, and with then with like the
1: rotating of your head like, like so it doesn't God, have to just you're a freak
0: Melinda. we love it <laughs> she's like yeah sometimes i'll just rotate my head
1: <laughs> and um <laughs> oh my god yes i love it
0: okay so okay.
1: Um, i'm blushing
0: blowing spit bubbles and things like that that's oh one of my, my favorites we talk about that all the time and i'm like blowing me
1: up. <laughs> I also- think it's a lot.
0: the more you get into it and the nastier you get with it the more i get into it and the nastier yeah. i want to get with it i think that's kind of just like what we're getting at here it's like if yeah. you're just like open to being vulnerable and whatever mm-hmm. whatever it is you're doing whether it's a blow job or normal sex or whatever um, you know, the more you allow yourself to just kind of enjoy it and be your natural little friggy self, the more you're going to bring that side out of your partner.
1: There's no shame in this. So
0: none whatsoever.
1: And I think everyone enjoys pleasure. I don't know anyone that has ever said to me, I don't like sex. So why not (laughs) embrace it and, and really play and let your heart you know, sing or whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to be lady. <laughs> no,
0: I, I I love that uh, that we're bringing this side out on you because we are degenerates here at heart. So we, yeah, yeah. we we want the degenerate Belinda to come out. Um, no, well, no, not- no room to be a lady here in our discussions. That's that's kind of what I'm getting yeah. at. Is uh, even in talking about it, like I love that this is happening because there's this culture surrounding it about how should you talk about sex, right? And uh, you know, you're blushing having this conversation, but generally you're giving good advice. You know what I mean and that, I think that's what this platform and this podcast and what I'm trying to do is break this this societal stigma of you know why are why are we blushing when we talk about these things like get, yes <laughs> I get it for some people that's going it's like this thing we've been culturalized to be a certain way to act a certain way to to think a certain way to talk a certain way yes
1: um but I'm in trying to because de- getting visuals <laughs> right, right um but
0: in trying to describe uh, pleasure you know it's like this I don't know a taboo thing where people are just so hesitant to say what they genuinely want what they think actually feels good um yeah. or even yeah. try and be the slightest bit descriptive with it because they think that they're gonna you know offend somebody or that they're gonna throw them off or that or, or maybe they just think that that other person has the same little structure of societal norm that they do and so if they were to just break their shell you know who's to say that the other person's gonna break theirs
1: an assumption is something that I feel a lot of people are doing in, in relationships now because they're too scared to be vulnerable. So yeah. they just assume, and, and that's not just in the bedroom, that's in, in love as well. So instead of asking, um, they, they assume, and then it's, they, there's a, you know, a flow on effect for assumption, you know, what they say about assumption.
0: And you make an ass out of you and me. Yes. Yeah. So I think, I think, uh, making assumptions also kind of, uh, loses your authenticity in a way, right? So if you're, If you're just kind of assuming or other people are assuming about you, you're either robbing someone of their authenticity or you're relinquishing your own authenticity because you're just kind of acting how you think you should act and not acting out of genuine like nature, I guess. Um, And so you kind of lose that, you lose that little piece of yourself. Like you're, you're literally acting like someone you're not in those instances. And I don't think people see it as doing that. They think that they're still acting themselves. But what you're not understanding is you're not, You're not acting with what is within line with yourself. And so you're, you're like portraying a false version of yourself. You know, there's some division there and that causes you to, um, either resent your relationship because you've tried to don this coat of, you know, something you're not, or it's going to cause you to resent your partner for you feeling like you have to act a certain way in order to appease them.
1: Yeah. So I think intimacy also requires a, a part of vulnerability. Um, and if you tap into that, you'll the experiences will be far deeper. I, I truly believe that. Vulnerability in the sense as well of like trusting, trusting yourself and really loving yourself and owning yourself. You know, ladies, if you have a day where you're feeling like you're having a fat day or, you know, you don't want them to look at your cellulite, you know, or your dimples and all of those things that society says is unattractive, having cell- cellulite is, is, is as common as having a nose. So, you know, in life, essentially. So I think embracing your body and loving yourself in your own skin will also help you to orgasm um, so much freely.
0: Yeah, I think confidence is a big factor when it comes to um, physical and mental arousal, stimulation, climaxes, all these things. Okay, so before we talk about our sponsors at adamandeve.com, I have to do a very special shout out to Gina Barber, who is our first Patreon subscriber, and she got the membership where, yes, you get a shout out on every episode of the podcast, and you also get special requests from me, Daddy Nate, if you want me to talk about anything on the podcast that week with the top membership that we have on the patreon app you're going to get all that and more so go over to patreon.com search the let's shag podcast and sign up today memberships start at two dollars and go up from there but with each tier you're going to get a little bit more access and a little bit more golden interaction with daddy nate himself Now, for everyone that wants a free option, we also have a YouTube channel that is up at let Shag Podcast on YouTube. Now you can see all of us having these discussions the day after the podcast comes out. So the podcasts are still going to come out on Thursday night, but now the videos are going to be uploaded on Friday the following day. And you will be able to view them and see our interaction with all of the physical components So if we're going over any kind of techniques or stuff like that, you're going to be able to see them and have access to that for free. Make sure you hit that subscribe button because the more subscribers we get, the more money we get and the more money we get, the better this fucking show gets. So go over to our YouTube, go check out our Patreon. And now from our sponsors at Adam and Eve, why have you not gone and used my discount code with them yet? That is my only question I have for our sponsors at Adam and Eve this week to you guys is why have you not gone over to adamneve.com and used your 50% off discount code which is shag s-h-a-g like the name of this fucking podcast not only do you get 50% off one of select items from Adamandeve.com, you also get 10 free gifts you're going to get three other toys right and then you're also going to get six free adult movies and free shipping so if you haven't gone over to adamneve.com and used code shag at checkout s-h-a-g like the name of this podcast i don't know what you're waiting for there is always room for more expansion there is always another toy that you need and there is always some fun and great shit to find on adamandeve.com for half off so go over to adamandeve.com use discount code shag at checkout get your discount save yourself some fucking money Get that new toy, those new toys, and have some fun experiences. Now let's get back to the fucking episode. This is what we want to really talk about this week. We're going to wrap up the blowjob talk now. (laughs) You don't want any
1: last couple of tips?
0: (laughs) Oh, if you've got some, by all means, throw them out there. If you had like three big three, a big three, what would they
1: be? So obviously eye contact and energy and being into it, using different techniques and and asking communication. But I also think, um, you know, don't be afraid to use your hands and your mouth and your tongue, Um, you know, like even... (laughs) um you know anal licking um perineum balls sucking uh it, just learn the pressure styles that they like and and are enjoying but add toys in as well so like heated lubricants i don't know if you've mm. ever had a heated lubricant where you blow on it and it warms yeah. up and mm-hmm. um cock rings etc vibrators so, yeah.
0: for your perineum yeah. Perineum. how do you pronounce that pronounce it per- right.
1: perineum yeah yeah perineum yeah. Uh, yeah
0: vibrators on the perineum that's a very um erogenous zone so yeah, uh, yeah. there is very fun let me put it that way
1: so yeah
0: all great tips yeah play i think that's i think that's the best summary is just this is adult play there's no there shouldn't be this like there's not a fence around your playground right it's you put your own fences around your playground whatever you want that right playground to look like enjoy within your boundaries, right? But like, just allow yourself to fully play within that playground, right? I mean, you can have your own fences, put up your own fences and have your boundaries, make sure your partner and you both are aware of those boundaries. But within those boundaries, I think we just forget so much that like, let's enjoy this to our fullest. There's no, there's no need to try and make so much structure out of this or to, you know, get so lost and caught in the details or whatever else is fucking going on. Just this is adult. This is my adult playground, and I'm gonna fucking play on it, damn it.
1: Some some people like swings, and some people like slides. It's all okay. You don't know until you try.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Oh okay. My <laughs> so now we're gonna wrap up the blowjobs, and let's talk about a pretty serious thing that happened to you this week. Do you wanna um, you wanna talk about it first, and then uh, we can have a discussion about it?
1: Which bit? <laughs>
0: um, so oh. I know I saw on your stories this week on your social media that you pushed you pushed um that you pushed that you had had x amount of partners in the bedroom right um and do you want to talk about it a little bit as far as your experience goes because i don't know i don't want to give them all the the details that go into it i feel like you you have a first-hand account of that so let's let's talk about it thank
1: you appreciate that yeah um so i revealed i revealed last year that i um had sex addiction Mm. but i didn't it was just one little post and I didn't really go into it a lot. And I decided that it, it's probably something that I should talk about a lot more. Can I ask you a
0: question real quick? What what classifies as technical sex addiction, just so I'm aware?
1: So it's a, it, it's the same as like any form of addiction. It's like mm-hmm. you need that hit in order to feel good about yourself. And then as soon yeah. as you come off of that hit, you need it again. And again, and
0: again. Yeah, it's something that you so addiction in the sense that you rely on this to feel normal or stable, correct?
1: Yeah. Well, I I mean I always felt stable. This is the irony of it. Like I didn't realize I had an addiction when I when I during the time I just thought I had high sex drive and and fetishes and you know ex, was experimental and I do believe that is still me. Like I do and I do have a high sex drive. I am very much in, in you know inclined to enjoy kink and all of that sort of stuff, but. Yeah. um for me, it was the fact that you know I, I lost some friendships because we'd go out clubbing, and I wouldn't even talk to them. I'd be off trying to find my, a guy, <laughs> like, um, and they'd always say, "Well, what are you doing?" Like, what? and I and, and I didn't realize. I just thought I thought they were wrong. I'm like, "Why aren't you off trying to find a guy?" It was sort mm-hmm. of like interesting, and so for me, my hit might might have often sometimes like lasted a week, and then I'd then need it wasn't always a daily thing with partners. Like I'd satisfy myself in other ways. I wasn't, you know, sleeping with men or women because I'm bisexual every single day. Um, But, you know, I had calculated over my addiction period and my lifetime I've probably had over 700 um, partners in that time. And I, I decided that it was time to share because I think there's such a stigma and around, you know, firstly, there's a stigma around how many numbers you've had, and, and there's a judgment, and people, you right. know, will ba- will base their opinion on who you are because of that. Yeah. Um, some have been great. <laughs> some people have yeah. been really, you know, intrigued by it, and and mm. others have been calling me horrible names like slut and slag and whore and all of that kind of stuff. But for me, those people don't really understand the place I was in, and nobody will understand right. um, unless you've, I guess, you've had an addiction. Uh, but, and I was self valid. I was trying to find validation through intimacy. Right. And I think
0: that's, so we, we've, we talked a little bit about this on Instagram, um, you and I, mm-hmm. and when you first sent me that screenshot of like, you know, I've had a, over 700 partners hear my story about sex addiction. I was like, I've definitely had more partners than that. And I was like, <laughs> I definitely had a sex addiction varying points through my life. Cause I come in phases. I've always been kind of this serial dater, I guess. Um, And that's something I'm coming to learn about myself is this uh, codependency aspect and something I'm working on. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm doing good with it. But there have been many, many times in my life where I suck validation through, you know, something new. And it was always it was always that like for me, it was always the thought of, well, what does that look like? What does that woman look like naked and feel like compared to the other one like it was the new factor it was like you know i get bored super easy with just having sex with the same person like multiple times uh, you know unless i was like in love with them right unless i had some kind of romantic feeling or connection with them and so if it was just physical intimacy i get bored very quickly um and with dating apps and you know all the toxic things that exist nowadays um you know it's very very easy for an attractive male yes I just called myself attractive if you don't agree well, no you are you talk, um, <laughs> <but I admit. laughs> it's very easy for an attractive male or an attractive female whoever you are to get on a dating app match with somebody you know have have half a conversation and all of a sudden you're talking about fucking each other's brains out and it's not hard to do and it's very easy to kind of live in that lifestyle if you let yourself and I knew there was you know there was one point in particular where I was in between girlfriends and I was sleeping with a lot of girls. And I just kind of like looked at myself in the mirror one day. I was like, this is a problem. <laughs> like you should not be having this much sex because you can't even keep them straight anymore. And I was, you know, I kind of like just gave myself a reality check. And at that point I went about four months without having sex with anybody. Um, and then, you know, kind of dealt with my own internal monologue about, you know, masturbation in that period of like, you know, what's, What's an adequate amount to masturbate a day? Do I have a masturbation addiction if I do it more than once a day? Or is once a day too much? Is twice a week too much? Like, There's all I these think- things that society will tell you to base your, your own individualism off of. And I think that's that was the most damaging part. Is just like, I do have a high sex drive. So for me, it still feels healthy. You know, when I get busy in life, I don't beat off every day. Or I don't have an orgasm every day. But when I'm, when I have more downtime and stuff, yeah, sure. I like to enjoy an orgasm a day. If I can fit it in, like if I have one orgasm a day, I don't consider that like addicted. I just like, if I can fit it in my day and it happens, it happens. I'm not sitting here like judging myself for it, but I think there's so many people out there that do, or whether it's partners or self pleasure, whatever that is, right. There's this, uh, status quo, right. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, the structure around it, that's supposed to be X amount or you're, you're over, you know, doing it or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I think that the the addiction part of it comes into the reasons you're doing it as well. So, I mean, you, you can easily masturbate five times a day, have sex, you know, every week, but if there's no kind of um, validation or pain or trauma or something that you're trying to or boredom, you know, trying to heal or fill, like one of my favourite sayings is if you have a jug with a crack in it and you keep trying to fill it with water, it's never going to get full. So that was, for me, I was trying to feel full through having these intimate interactions and it essentially made me feel worthless and and I'd feel worse the next day. I'd feel used and shamed, i shame myself and um, question what I was doing, but then I'd be like, oh, but it felt good in the moment, I need it again Um, and go into it for outcome-based sex because I thought if I slept with the guy, he liked me. I thought it meant he wanted a relationship. I was yeah. quite, yeah, because you know I was quite unattractive as a kid. I, yeah. I was bullied no, in I school. Or, yeah, well,
0: self, so self love, self acceptance, and self love, and you know your own self worth have like a huge factor to play in this kind of lifestyle. Mm. I think um, you know it's I grew validation up, is yeah. Is we incredible. haven't talked about this, so I was no, I was like a nobody until I was an adult, right? Like I was, I was kind of this little fat nerd for a very long time. Mm can you put
1: photos up i'll give you photos of me if you want <laughs> I have,
0: I, yeah i have some on instagram i'll post them okay. i'll post them uh when we drop the episode um right. but yeah so i had you know this phase of my life where i you know i was diagnosed clinically obese at the age of like 12 and you know just kind of stayed very fat until i probably was like 16 or 17 and hit another growth spurt right and then even then i was still like in choir and i did all these things that people just thought were you know weird like i did play football i was good at sports Um, but I was also in choir and I had all these extracurriculars and I worked, you know, I had all this shit. So I was just kind of like not real big in the social status of life as far as being a teenager goes, you know? And so kind of always pushed to the side and shunned and no one really, I never really had anyone's attention. And so when I started getting people's attention and then Mm -hmm. it was, it was the lust, right? It was that like, Oh, I want you to crave me kind of thing. And that's, I guess that's kind of how I've developed, um, my sexual self is like, you know, it was like, well, mm. how can I make people crave me? And by mm. by trying to figure out what that was, I've been able to, you know, I have the podcast and I know how to please people. So it, it does have it did have its benefits, right? Because now I'm able to sit here and talk about it, because I've done literally so much firsthand experience. Me too. Um, but I think that was what led me there was this factor of not being validated, wanting that validation. And, you know, just seeking it through the next one, the next one, the next one, and the next one. And then, keeping these mental notes and being like, Oh my God, there are some similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. And so that experience, I mean, and that's why we have these conversations because that experience literally it gives you, I mean, it gives you knowledge past just like reading in a book or watching a movie or anything could do, you know, you don't, you don't as a person have to go through all the shit that we've been through as far as that goes to have good sex. I mean, it took, it took me years and years and years to figure out that that's not healthy. um, Even though I was enjoying the sex, even though I had good sex, it's not a it wasn't a healthy lifestyle that that much um, connection amongst a mass of people uh, was very de- detrimental to my own self worth. And for a while I felt full. And then, like you said, it starts to dissipate and the, the hits in between start to have you, you know, they have to be quicker or faster or more and more and more. You're always trying to push the ante. I think that's the thing about addiction that people don't get is once you're wrapped up in it, it it's not like you just like, oh, I need this X amount of times a day every day. Right. Because you even start to get bored with X amount of times a day doing X, Y, Z. So you start to try. Right. Right. right, It Mm -hmm. starts to get you start to get used to it. And so you're always constantly trying to up the ante. You're always constantly trying to do more, to try more, to push your boundaries. You know, like and that's what can be unhealthy about it, I think.
1: Hmm. And I during that time of my addiction period, I was overweight I was 81 kilos um and I was also there was no dating apps during that time so I learned very easily very quickly that people will fall in love with you for who you are and what you bring to to their life and and, and I don't mean the guys that I met were falling in love with me they were drawn to me because of my energy not just because of you know people base purely physicality on attraction uh, and my point is is it you can be find attraction in your life if you do the inner work as well but also if you acknowledge who you are and bring that bring an energy or positive energy to that that relationship or that situation so essentially what I'm trying to say is in summary
0: <laughs> and in summary
1: looks is not the only thing we need to base attraction on mm. you know no i
0: wholeheartedly agree with that i think Mm. i think what you find is when you end up chasing physical looks and attractiveness one those things are wavering right i mean it's not like yeah you know anything can happen i got even still to this day i go through phases where i'm more fit less fit i mean right now i'm on a health kick so i'm doing really good but i mean there's definitely been phases in my life where i've been (laughs) show us um (laughs) definitely been phases in my life where i've had more weight or you know been less of less considered fit than i am now right and I still love myself very much through those things Mm -hmm. and so um you know my mentality didn't change or anything like that but i can see how you know for other people that could be a factor Uh, also you find yourself like when you're just chasing the physical that like you're willing to make exemptions for the rest if you are one of these people that that are trying to establish a relationship right like i've made so many Mm -hmm. internal sacrifices because i found someone attractive and we had good sex or we had good physical intimacy that I was willing that. to just, yes, that I was willing to just make sacrifices on things that I held very near and dear to who I am as, as an individual. And I think that is like the true problem with things like this is like, yeah. you start to, you start to void who you are as a person that doesn't lead you down to anything healthy.
1: And I, I had a heated discussion with a guy that had a go at me about this, c- similar conversation because um he said to me and i quote what's your opinion i want to hear what you think seven out of ten men no yeah seven out of ten men will pick the more attractive woman over the one that they're compatible with
0: let me ask you this question do do the men know which woman they're compatible with (laughs) or is it like a blind they're like you could be compatible with one of these but which one do you find more attractive? Or is it like, you know, this girl's the most compatible, but you can have a pick of any, and then they still pick the most attractive one. He
1: he was saying it in that context. The in last that one.
0: context. So you know who your like person that you match best with is, but you will still pick someone who you find more physically attractive. Seven out of ten men will do that. Yeah. I think that's a very a fairly accurate estimate, actually. I mean, I this do is you a- how, how many men I've seen suffer through relationships because they just are like yeah, but she's hot, bro. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure people have done that with me, which, you know, whatever. They're like, not happy. We're not compatible. Or I find them hot they find me hot. And they're like in this, this place where you're not really happy. You're just like, I have this trophy. Look at my trophy. Look, I mean, and that's, I think that's just part of our culture. That's like so toxic nowadays is look at the thing. Look at the things that I have. Look at the worth of the things that I have. And let me show you those and plaster them not only all over my social media, but, you know, wherever the fuck I am. And so dating becomes this like trophy thing where it's like, look at, look at this person. They're so sexy or whatever. Um, And we're not actually basing our value of that human based off their self-worth and our connection to them. Right. We're not, we're not walking around saying this person is such an amazing person. And I have such an awesome connection with them anymore. We're saying, look how hot she is, bro.
1: Mm. Which and is and yeah it is a problem because he was saying all women should be skinny and all women should you know go to the gym and i, I i'm an advocate it for health that he
0: sounds like he needs his fucking ass kicked
1: yeah good <laughs> we were dating like and need, that made it me like he ended. Needs a good
0: daddy nate beat down pardon i said he sounds like he needs a good daddy nate beat down
1: yeah can yeah. <laughs> no, no it's just interesting it's it, the concept so you you what's your theory on on a better way to approach it because i want to hear from a male's perspective to talk fr- from a man to a man what would you tell him if he was saying that to you
0: um so i would say i think i think everyone has some form of physical attractiveness in their mind that they find most attractive um now whether that has been culture or whether that's been driven by a culture and society or your own beliefs is still up for debate right and I think Mm -hmm. the healthiest of men understand that there's a narrative that's being pushed by culture on how not only women should look but how men should look and if anything I think men should be more understanding of this because all the men that are out there that are showcases beautiful nowadays have six packs and they're fucking you know they look like these just like Greek god sculptures which is like something I've chased my entire life right Um, because that's what I have found attractive as a man. So I'm like, I have to be the epitome, right? But that's not for everyone. And that's not easy for everyone to obtain. And like, at some point, you have to step back and say, you know, how much of this is what I actually believe? And how much of this is what people have told me to believe? And so stepping into that shift of thinking, and applying it not only to myself, but to everyone else, you know, there's I think there's something beautiful about everyone physically and you know emotionally right we all have these care whether i whether i agree with everything you have to say or not there's something intrinsic about your individualness that is beautiful right um mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what your weight is it doesn't matter what your um you know what your likes and dislikes are or aren't or anything like that um i think the more we can just kind of realize that we're all unique and that there is beauty in that uniqueness the faster we're going to be in a better place and that's easier said than done. So as far as what I find attractive is like, I have, I don't really have a type. I don't have a physical type. Um, you know, I have things in my life now that I'm very rooted in that I'm not willing to like give up as far as, you know, the podcast, you know, my, my views on, you know, whatever, my family, my faith, you know, all these things, um, that I'm not willing to negotiate anymore. And it's just, I, I've kind of finally got to the point where I'm like, look, this is me. This is what I like and what I don't like. And I'm not taking no for an answer on these things. Um, And that's just staying authentic to myself. And so what I find beautiful is women that know who they are and are confident in that, whatever that is. I just want to know who the real you is and that you like who that person is. And so I think that's what I find attractive is confidence. I think that's such, such an underspoken and like, you know, we talk about confidence all the time and the more you have it, the better. But you know, someone who's truly confident in who they are as a person just kind of oozes this, like. And, I, and I'm going to say it, it does translate to more sexuality. They just, they ooze sexuality. They ooze, but they also ooze goodness. They ooze all these other different things. And I think that's what I find attractive, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking over, overbearingly. Like you're not trying to fucking shove yourself worth in my face. Like I think there's a you're fine line funny. between, yeah, there's a fine line between mm-hmm. being a fucking asshole and being confident in yourself um
1: arrogant and confidence they're they're two different things
0: two completely different things and the people who are confident are not going around boasting about how confident they are they're just being themselves and allowing themselves to exist and do what they feel is right and i think that's that's the difference the people that are arrogant go around bragging about how you know confident successful xyz that they are through life and so it's really easy to kind of filter those waters right it's like okay you talk about yourself nine times out of ten shut the fuck up like I could care less. You know, yeah. like please stop talking about you. Ask me a question or something, you know. Yes. I find that yes. very unattractive. Uh um, yes. when people are so Absolutely. self-absorbed that it's like me, 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 me. I'm a shut the fuck up. I don't care about you, 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 you. All right. Like <laughs> that in my face. Um <laughs>
1: I, I think you won a lot of hearts though a lot of women fell in love with you and men when you when you just explained your theory on um my question like it was yeah that's truly yeah beautiful. i think more people just and need red. to be
0: understanding that we're we're all different man like no matter mm. like what you what you picture your perfect version of yourself looking like regardless of what that is like take a step back from that and see if that's something that you constructed right did you mm-hmm. did you construct yourself to look like a six foot five Greek God, I did in my mind. I mean, that's how I've always wanted myself to look. Again, I grew up with this childhood trauma of being fat. And so that's just something that makes me happier when I'm more in tune with my body, when I'm more in, uh, in line with my fitness and stuff like that. It's just, that's something I find that brings me joy, right? Mm-hmm. But I also understand that's not for everybody. There's people that seek that same joy out of video games. There's people that seek that same joy out of movies, There's people that seek that same joy out of whatever facet of life. And it's not all physical, right? And so there's no reason, I absolutely hate it when people like, like fat shame, right? Or they're like, yes. oh, this person's fat or, oh, look, like they're not, they're not that skinny. I'm like, how about you shut the fuck up? Because you don't know yes. what their passions are. You don't know, you know, who they are as a person. And they could be just like this absolutely beam of light, beautiful individual. And you're judging them based off their physical appearance, which is yeah. gar- just as garbage as
1: anything. Yeah. They could have a health issue thyroid issue like we never know what anyone is dealing with and there's i think it's none of our business to judge you know so Absolutely. i i, well, I, I love we got there from the question about my sex addiction didn't we <laughs> yeah
0: i think we did great. i think we did I, and you know what i actually think there's something um genuinely beautiful and and this speaks to like our more to our culture today you know everyone's everyone's trying to alter their bodies to fit a certain mold right and there's healthy ways to do it and there's non-healthy ways to do it. I think one of the most uh, unhealthy things is like when people, and I'm not saying, I'm not judging anyone that does this because I understand insecurities are there. And if this helps you get by, I get that. Okay. So I'm not saying plastic surgery is like the devil or anything like that. But I do think like, I find it more attractive, like natural beauty, right? Like if you, if you just look, you know, I like a girl that's more curvy. She looks like a woman. Like I want, I want my girl to look like, Fucking girl, you know what I mean? Like I'm like, ah, I love it when you got some big hips, and you know, like all this, all these things, right? There's things that I find so sexy about women, like, or about women, like whether it's their hair, whether it's their hips, or whether it's you know their back. And
1: are you talking about me? (laughs) Collarbones
0: are huge. I fucking love a good set of collarbones. Like, there's just so many little (laughs) things that can make a woman sexy, and they all are different, and they're all varying, and some people have better features than others in in different categories, and so like. Just being respectful of the fact that we're all different we all have different things that make us beautiful and you know um lead to other people's attraction because there's someone out there that finds you attractive like 100 percent. you're someone's yeah. type and i think that's what i tell myself is all the people in this fucking world there's someone out there that's going to look at me and be like that's 100 my fucking type
1: that's such a refreshing conversation i think a lot of women need to hear that nate right? because it's we have so many pressures external pressures i i think men give us some of those absolutely but i think it comes more from our own internal thinking but also from society m- magazines tv oh, yeah. you know the social media yeah. and we don't hear a lot of men talk about it like this i i you know this is probably one of five conversations i've had with a man who's really shared that which yeah. is really yeah thank you well, for i mean it's,
0: it's it's literally like in bread in our society look at look at the fashion industry i mean the, the way that they portray their clothes on models that look a certain way um and they only push you know if you if you don't fit what they're looking for as a look you, you're not getting any attention by you know magazine covers or, or anything you know what i mean like they they definitely push it, it's all capitalism and it's all a a business model of like what can we sell right and it's not a healthy thing um not healthy like most of those and and this is something i want to say most most like runway models and things like this, and I'm not bashing them either, but a lot of them, like it's clear they have eating disorders or they come out later in life and said, I had an eating disorder. Like, yeah, no shit. You were 95 pounds and six foot tall. Like we knew, you know? And so there's this other side of health that's unhealthy. Like, you know, I'm so against, um, and just because I've done it in my life. Yes, I've done steroids. That was very young in my life and it fucked me up bad. And so I advocate strongly against them. Anyone comes to me and they're like, Hey man, what should I do? I'm like, don't fucking do it. First of all, cause it's going to fuck your shit up. And you can do it hundred percent right. And it could still fuck your shit up. Um, but you know, there's people that get so desperate to look a certain way that they're willing to do unhealthy things to get there. Whether it's steroids, eating disorders, such as bulimia, anorexia, you know, it becomes this mental issue of doing unhealthy things to fit a mold of what the epitome of health is which is not yeah. even the epitome of health you want to take the epitome of health someone that has anywhere from like eight to twelve percent body fat for a men for women it's a little higher i think it's 15 to 22 something like that or 25 i couldn't give you the exact numbers off the top of my head but women do tend to have a more healthy body fat fat percentage than men do right um, yeah, we have to protect have,
1: the reproduction. Right. The epitome of health is not
0: the one yeah. that looks like a magazine model. The epitome of health is someone that has, you know, perfect blood work, perfect glycogen levels, perfect, you know, brain chemistry, perfect. All these things because they're taking care of their body, right? Mm. And whether that's through their diet, their vitamins, their workout structure, whatever that is, that's the epitome of health. And we're not showcasing that. We're showcasing yeah. all these unhealthy people and saying that this is what health is or this is what good looks like, you know
1: it's interesting because the more you talk about it i feel like it can it, it's also an addiction that probably has never been spoken about as an in an addiction sense like the the people that are constantly getting you know surgeries to look a certain way which is probably related to body dysmorphia they look in the mirror and they see the same thing that they you know their vision yeah of what they're trying really, to change. I
0: mean, even in fitness like they're there's been days where I've been so dog tired. My body's literally screaming at me. And it's like, just take a day off. But I'm so addicted to the high I get after having a workout. And the fact that I might wake up the next day a little more chiseled than I was the next, you know, like that drives me to sometimes do things I know are against what I should be doing. You know, I mean, fitness addiction is a real thing. And I'm not sitting here saying I'm like, I've got like a problem or anything like that i go to the gym i take my off days when i absolutely need them and i take easier days at the gym when i'm not feeling as good and stuff like that but there was a point in my life where it was like it didn't matter what i felt like it didn't matter what my health was doing like i was like i have to go to the gym i have to fucking go to the gym because i have to look a certain way because if i don't then people won't like me and i need people to like me like it's this constant just like sucking for validation And just because you look that way, doesn't mean you're going to either one get it or two feel whole. And I think that's the whole point that we're trying to get across is even if you get to where you want to go, which you're never going to get there. First of all, let me tell you that you're always going to feel like you need to do more. Um, And I think that's part of that mind narrative, right? Or that addiction is like, we talked about it earlier. You're never going to get to where you think you're going. You're going to try something and be like, well, how can I push the boundary a little more? And this goes for your body as well. You're going to get yep. to a point where you said, I've always wanted to be here. And then when you get there, you're going to be like, well, how can I take it to the next level? Because it's
1: the addiction, yep. right? Yep. It's the inner work that needs to be done. Not, not We seek validation externally when we need to start looking internally. I think um, that's
0: very beautiful. Um, okay, so we'll have one share on here today. I had someone, I'm not going to give any names because you know they're kind of going through it, but I kind of want to give them a shout out because they were bold enough to reach out to me. Um, and, you know, they were super stoked for bikini season coming up this year because they had lost all this weight, but then they ended up having to have uh, surgery to remove a mass. And now they have a giant scar, um, you know, on showing on their body. And they were like, Hey, I really need some love today from daddy. Nate. Like, um, you know, I'm really going through right now. I spent all this time in prep and prepping into my body, trying to look a certain way. And now I have this giant scar and I just feel ugly. And my advice to her was, you know, scars are a showcase of our strength as human beings. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, yes, every scar looks beautiful or anything like that. There's scars that are like, oh my God, what happened? Like, some people do have scars that genuinely, you know, make you wonder. But if you can have the narrative internally that those scars are, that's something you survived. That's something you went through and beat. That's something that you are now on the other side of, and that is just, one little mark on your exterior uh, form that showcases how strong internally we are. Yeah. And so if you can rock those scars with that mentality, instead of, you know, this mentality of, you know, it's not beautiful, considered beautiful by culture or anything like that. Um, strip away those things. Like, how do you feel like what you you beat cancer or you you beat, you know, having this mass inside of you like, that's empowering.
1: It is and the Japanese call it kintsukuroi or kintsugi which is the art of mending with gold so if anything breaks they mend it with gold because it enhances the beauty so Mm. yeah it's exactly and my book is actually the heart on the front of my book is mended with gold because I love Mm. that that theory with with the heartbreak everything that happens to us is is something that we can take into our life as a learning and yeah. see it as beautiful and not um judge ourselves or shame ourselves for it. Just embrace it and lean into it and go, yeah. yep, that was that's me. This is what I this is what I achieved. Like she achieved yeah. all of that weight loss and then had and then removed the skin. And oh my gosh, the recovery for that surgery is huge. And I take my hat off for that, you know, doing yeah. that. So embrace it. It's beautiful, you know? Yeah. Anyway. No, I
0: agree. I can agree with you more. Um, well, Belinda, thank you again for coming on. I hope you had a blast. I, I know I, I had a good time. We always have good conversations with here. I love picking your brain about things.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. I love it. Thank you so much. We didn't get we didn't get as cheeky this time. <laughs> Maybe in the yeah. beginning, <laughs> uh,
0: we got we got kind of cheeky. I mean, we get yeah. some good blowjob tips there, um <laughs> okay. and then we had some serious conversation. Which I mean, I think that's a good balance. You know, we just okay. uh, because there's a lot of serious stuff that needs to be talked about.
1: Mm. Absolutely.
0: Confidence, body image, all these things. These are these are real important things. And these are things for a a lot of people listening right now. A lot of people that might get forwarded this episode that like, if that can help them just be more comfortable on their own skin, like I would, I would rather have that than cheeky any day, I would rather be able to help more people just feel comfortable in their own bodies, like it's an accumulation of your life, own it, whatever it looks like right now. That's an accumulation of your life. And sometimes it's going to fluctuate because you're going through hardships. Sometimes it's going to fluctuate because you're on top of the world. But just embrace whatever your now is because it's there for a reason. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you, Belinda. Degenerates, take this knowledge, go forth, prosper, feel more confident in your own skin. I encourage self-love always. And let's get to shagging.